Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Jennifer, and this week is all about bravery. I love the movie Brave. I'm a Disney cartoon fanatic, so if you know me, you know that's one of my um, guilty pleasures is I'm a sucker for the Disney cartoon movies, but I really like Brave, um, and that's not what I want to talk about today. (laughs) I just feel like maybe I need to always roll in a movie title or some kind of link when I have one, but... Uh, it's probably because I, I think in song titles and in, in, in movies in my in my actual life, my friends get really annoyed because I'm either quoting a movie or I'm singing lyrics to a song. But moving on. <laughs> this week I do want to talk about brave, being brave and what bravery means and the way that it can look in your life and the importance of being brave. When you look up the word brave in the dictionary. For an adjective, it talks about being ready to face and endure danger or pain, um, showing courage. I tend to like more of the verb definition, which is to endure or face without showing fear. I like that brave, but the definition of it isn't about an absence of fear. It's about enduring and facing bad things or difficult things or challenges without showing fear. And even then I'd like to kind of even like pull that back because I think you can still show fear and still be brave or do the brave thing. Um, But I really do like the element of bravery having nothing to do with an absence of fear. You know, growing up, I think I had that thought that bravery meant an absence of fear. In reality, I think the most brave I've ever been, right? So the most I've ever demonstrated bravery has been some of the times that I've been afraid, been the most fearful actually, choosing to step into something or to face something, even though I'm afraid, is brave. Recently, I've had the opportunity to kind of live that out with my son. If you guys have listened to any of my podcasts or know me personally, you know that I really feel like I owe it to my kid to be transparent and to show him like humanness to demonstrate for him all the qualities he should want. So a lot of times that has meant that I have had to up my game. I've had to be a better person so that I can be the best parent role model uh, for my for my son and, and hopefully show him how to do things or how to live life in, in a way that is going to lead to him having a good life. So this week we were talking about how to be brave in something and It started with a really panicked phone call from him. And if you're a parent, (laughs) you'll know. I don't like getting late night phone calls from my kid when he, when I answer the phone and he's upset. Um, I really don't like it when I can tell that he's upset and he's running. So what happened was he, he called me on one of the weekend nights and I could tell that he was upset. He was actually crying. Um, and running. (laughs) My son is a runner, so I think that comes naturally to him. But that still didn't stop the panic in me as a mom. (laughs) I had to, it took everything in me to to walk him through this because he's at this point over a hundred miles away from me because it was a weekend with dad. So I'm trying to talk him off this proverbial ledge, not knowing where he is, trying to get him to calm down because everything he's saying is just a bunch of like gobbledygook because I can't understand any of it. So Getting him to calm down, find out that there'd been a fight at the house um, between his dad and his stepmom. And and y'all, fights with 
are, are normal. But the level of the fight got to be the point um, that was scary for him. And he was afraid. As I got him to calm down and get him, got him to go back to the house, because here it is late at night and he's wandering these streets. I'm like, no, 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 not a good idea. Unless, you know, home is really an unsafe place, but it isn't. I know his, his dad well enough to know that that's not an unsafe place. So I get him to go back to the house and I get him to go back into his room and I tell him, you know, go, just go close yourself into your room. Talk to me. I'll stay on the phone with you as, as long as you want me to. And I did. <laughs> Y'all, we ended up staying on the phone all night long. Um, I think somewhere around 5 or 6 a.m. the phone actually hung up, but <laughs> um, there's nothing quite like that to feel that far from him but still be able to have a lifeline to him and let him know that I was there, even if it was just sound um, coming out of the phone. And y'all, I really do hope that I didn't like embarrass myself by talking in my sleep, though he probably didn't hear it. <laughs> anyway, part of what we talked about while he was still awake was having a conversation with his dad and the importance of doing that, the importance of telling his dad how he felt in that moment, talking to his dad about being scared facing that really hard thing. And, and I told him, I said, look, I will help you. I will help you by starting the conversation and I will carry parts of it. But I want you to take part in it because you do need to talk with him about this. You do need to share with him how, how the situation made you feel. And he agreed. He knows it's the right thing to do. The next day though, in the afternoon, late in the afternoon, I was going to be picking him up that evening. But late in the afternoon, I get a text message from him that says, I'm worried about talking to dad. I'm worried about what his reaction will be. So I took a moment and I responded back to him and I told him, you know what? I understand. I get it. I'm actually a little worried too. <laughs> because, you know, y'all, between you and I, I know his dad. I, I, I was married to him for a long time. I know what his behaviors can be like. So there was some fear, some anxiety on my part in having this conversation. But what I said to my son after that was, but we tell people that we care about when they hurt us. And we tell people that we care about when we're worried about them. I said, but more importantly, you have a right to your feelings. Your feelings matter. And you have a right to not only feel them, but to let others know what you're feeling, and how you feel about things. They don't have an obligation to do anything about it. Um, that's totally up to them. I said, and you can't express those things to people with the expectation that they're going to do what you want them to do in response to you sharing. You have to stand up for yourself in that moment and own your feelings, give them validity, make them important. Because if you don't, the danger is you run into a situation where you have now decided because you're gonna withhold how you feel, you're gonna shortchange yourself, you're downgrading your feelings and their importance level and you're putting somebody else's behaviors or responses, opinion, whatever, you're putting somebody else above your feelings. So therefore you are telling yourself that somebody else is more important than how you feel. And that's a very slippery slope that you start to go down. Trust me, I lived it for years. Um, the home I grew up in was a challenge because I wasn't allowed to tell somebody how their behaviors made me feel. Not without facing shame and anger and being rebuked. Not without being told that I was, you know, ungrateful or, <laughs> um, I don't know, a bad kid. That are, or without being told maybe even indirectly by the behaviors continuing to happen that my, my feelings had no validity. I don't want my son to grow up that way. 
I feel like I have an obligation, like I said, for me to rise above myself and do and live out the behaviors, right? Do the things, live out the, the, the life, the things that I want my son to learn, that I want him to see. So to be a better person. So I fret. <laughs> the drive is about 45, 50-ish miles. And I, the whole way down, I'm just, I'm fretting. I've got my tunes on, so I'm trying to give myself some space to be light and to be, you know, not so bogged down. But I legitimately was rehearsing what I was going to say, this conversation, because I was afraid. I was afraid. And I was going to have to be brave. It's what needed to happen. My ex needed to hear that information. We do care about him, and so he needs to know how his behaviors affect us. And I needed to set the example for my son, as well as set the stage for him to be able to do the same thing. So fretting, fretting, fretting all the way down there. I mean, just literally, I didn't eat dinner. My stomach was all upset. I was afraid. I've seen volatile reactions come out of my ex and out of, out of anger. I did not know how he was going to respond. I had to hope for the best, but at the same time, I also had to, I had to still speak my truth. I still had to share how I felt and help set the stage for my son to share how he felt. And I just kept thinking, if I am this nervous as a 40 something year old woman who is no longer <laughs> married to this person in any way, really in my day-to-day life, affected by this person. I can't imagine what it is like for my son, who is in the car with his dad driving towards our, our joint meat place, right? And I started thinking about how I would have felt as a kid and all the times that I did feel this way. I wish somebody had told me then that it's okay to talk about how you feel. It's okay to tell people. As a matter of fact, it's almost required. It should be, it, we should be demanding it from ourselves. I wish somebody had helped me have that conversation with my parents or with friends or, or other people um, more readily. And, but more specifically, because I think I did an okay job when it came to my friendships, but more specifically with my parents. That's terrifying as a child. I remember being very afraid of what would happen if I spoke up about something or I expressed a different opinion or I told somebody that, that their behaviors frightened me. When I was growing up, um, my parents both drank a lot. And I, I, I know there were times where my parents were drinking and driving. And I wished that I had felt that I could be brave. I wish that I felt like I could speak to those things and that my feelings would matter or that I would be heard. And I remember being terrified. I remember being so terrified of what would happen if I said those things. So I'm driving down there worried about what I'm going to say. I Knowing my son is coming, <laughs> who's worried about what he's going to say, who's worried about how his dad's going to respond, how he's worried how what I'm going to say and how this is all going to go down. I remember thinking, kind of as I got there, that I just... I need to put my big girl pants on because this needed to happen. I needed to be brave. And I just kept thinking of that, uh, of the Disney movie and just any other like brave figures I've seen that, that, that stand up for something. And, you know, I remember just talking to myself about the fact that I needed to do it. It was the right thing to do. And that I couldn't control how well, how my ex-husband re- reacted. I couldn't control his response, but that this was bigger than that. 
that this was bigger than me and not wanting to deal <laughs> with his reactions. This was bigger than that, that I could do it, that I just was going to find a way. And I just dug down deep because in that moment, the reality is I, I would die for my kid without question. So having a conversation is nothing compared to that. And I just talked myself through it of thinking, seriously, if I would step in front of a, a, a moving vehicle for him, take a bullet for him, if I would die defending him, <laughs> I could have a conversation with somebody and tell them that their behaviors, their anger, their issues, that the situation that had unfolded over the weekend wasn't good. And I could tell them about how that impacted me and I could also share and help have a conversation for my son. But if I thought I was brave, let me tell y'all, my son has it in spades. Like he is at 12 better than I was for sure. He was scared. He was, he was worried. He was going to be telling somebody that he cares about deeply. He was going to be telling that person that something they had done made him scared, made him not want to be with them, made him want to literally flee a house. And he stood there and I could tell he was nervous. But y'all, I was so proud of him because when I, I, I opened the conversation about the purpose and why I was involved in this process, I turned to him and I said, is there something you want to say to your dad? In that moment, he didn't shrink away. He didn't mumble. He didn't like speak quietly into his, <laughs> into his shirt sleeve or all of a sudden back down, change his mind. Because <laughs> that would have sucked, y'all, because I have just literally put this all out there. And if he had done that, I could totally understand, but it would have sucked for me. <laughs> but I was so proud of him because he looked his dad straight in the eye and said, I was scared when this happened and I didn't want to be there. I don't feel safe when these things happen. I wanted to have such a proud mom moment, but that y'all would not been appropriate, right? So inside I'm like, yeah, celebrate, woohoo. And on the outside I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I feel you, bud. I, I did take the opportunity to in front of my ex also say to my son, it's important when we care about people, we tell them things like this. We tell them when we're concerned for them. Or we tell them when something they've done has hurt us or made us scared. I said, because for one, as a parent, that should be the last thing any parent wants. All kidding aside, like I want my kid to have like a healthy fear of me, but like not a fear. I want him to have a healthy respect for me, but I don't ever want him to be afraid of me. So in that moment, I got to also, I think, nurture my son's relationship with his dad and provide that space for saying, you know, this is a good thing. This is a good thing that you're doing on both sides of it. Your father should feel loved by you because you are communicating concern or something you're worried about. So my challenge to all of you is to be like that 12-year-old. Be brave. Step into the fearful thing. Maybe it's having a conversation with a parent. Maybe it's having a conversation with a spouse, a loved one, something like that. Maybe it's trying something new. Maybe it's, I don't know, telling somebody something that you know they're not going to want to hear. But if you don't tell them, you are being dishonest with yourself and you are not living out your truth. Be brave. Know that it's going to be hard. It's okay to be afraid. Matter of fact, embrace the fear. Call it what it is. Identify it. Label it. Know it down to its core. And then still choose 
to do the thing you know you need to do. If we could all be more like my, my son. <laughs> anyway, that's what I have for you guys. This go around. Thanks for listening. As always, I hope you feel like you're not alone in anything. If you're struggling in any of this or if you're struggling in any of the other things I've talked about, I hope you know you're not alone. I welcome your feedback. Please find me on Facebook. You can find uh, the podcast page, Uncommon Knowledge Podcast. You can connect with me there. You can subscribe through whatever. I think there's like, I don't know, 13 now different platforms or so that people have access to this on. I try to make it as available as I possibly can around the globe for you guys. So as always, until next time, I hope you're well. Bye.